The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. When God created the universe, the cosmos, he created it in perfect order, a beautiful order, coherent order. And when he did so, it wasn't a mechanical order simply, nor the order of civil law, and certainly not, once again, the order of a totalitarian government or of martial law. It was an order that came from love, an order that came from his divine love, his infinitely perfect and beautiful love. And the universe was meant to reflect that. In fact, St. Thomas tells us in his fifth proof for the existence of God, that that proof is based in order. But that perfect order of love was smashed. We did it. Chaos came into the world to some degree. We call it sin. Sin is chaos. God's love is not chaos. There's no chaos in God. But we brought it into the world. And so that wonderful order of love was marred, damaged. Thistles grew. Animals became wild. Stars were burnt out cinders. And and we? Our intellects were dimmed. Our will was weakened. But we couldn't destroy that creation because we didn't make it. We could mar it. What would God do? We know what he didn't do. He could have destroyed that creation and made a new one, a perfect one in which there was no sin. But if there was no capacity for sin, there'd be no capacity to love either because both are choices. So what would he do? He came into his world. 
to remake what we had destroyed or what we had damaged, to remake the perfect order of love that he had created. But he didn't come in a flash of blinding light upon the earth with thunder, lightning, and trumpets to force us to bend to his will. No, he always allows us our freedom. He came into the world as we come into the world. He was born of a woman, the woman. And yet, here again, it seems so strange, so ordinary, for God to enter that way. He didn't come into the world and take the flesh of a Caesar. He wasn't born in a palace in Rome. He wasn't meant to lead large armies of men to conquer the world as a military conqueror. Instead, he came in to a very ordinary couple, an ordinary mother and her husband, in a rather distant part of the empire, an unpleasant part, to a small town, an unknown town, insignificant. It all seems insignificant, doesn't it? that God should enter that way to begin the recreation of that world. And yet, remember I mentioned Pope Benedict last week. I'm going to mention him again. Notice, in last week's gospel, it said this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother uh, was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, period. Just that simple. That's all. You'd think there'd be more, wouldn't you? Today's gospel is the same way, and so was yesterday's. How simple it was last night. She simply says, While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. Period. That's all. Again, you would expect more. As Pope Benedict said, That isn't the way God is. Why did you not show yourself incontrovertibly to be the living one, the Lord of life and death, he asks. Why did you reveal yourself only to a small flock of disciples upon whose testimony we must now depend and rely? Why only to Abraham and not to the mighty of the world? Why only to Israel and not irrefutably to all the peoples of the earth? Good question, don't you think? Why does God act this way? Why doesn't he overwhelm us? And he goes on then to say, it is part of the mystery of God that he acts so gently that he only gradually comes in, builds up his history within the great history of mankind. That he becomes a man and so can be overlooked by his contemporaries and by the decisive forces within history. That's what God does. And finally, he says, and he continues to knock gently at the doors of our hearts and slowly opens our eyes if we open our, our doors to him. Again, our freedom is always there. And so we then see this child We remark on this day, but we have to remember something that's essential. You and I were born into the world to live, 
He was born into the world in that manger to die. That's the reason for his coming. Remember once again what Plato said? He said, when we break away from order through some fault, we can only return to order through suffering. But all the suffering of the world couldn't do it. From the beginning of time to the end, it wasn't enough. It couldn't restore the order that we had damaged, God's order. Only God could do that. So God has come into the world. Now there was, of course, a great manifestation of power. Angels appearing, announcing the good news, and choirs of angels uh, encompassing the heavens. But where did they appear? Not in Rome. Not over the Roman Forum. Not to the Roman Senate. But into a field outside of Bethlehem to shepherds, uncouth people on the margins of society. Who would believe them anyway? Some did, obviously, but not many would pay attention to them. So he's come to bring about this reconciliation that we so desperately want and so desperately need. And he's come again as a child to do it. But that crash, that infant, must never stop there. When we celebrate Christmas, we think, isn't it wonderful, the innocence of it all. Jesus Christ comes into our world, is born in our flesh with the mother in a cave outside of Bethlehem. In a cave. Here again. Everything seems so understated. But we can never stop there. We can bask in that for a moment. But that always goes to the cross where it is meant to go for our redemption. That's why he's come. That's the suffering that will bring about the restoration of God's perfect order of love again. And the chaos of our love will be removed if we are open to it. I have said many times, you may have heard me say it this month, whenever we look at the manger, we should think to ourselves, if you have loved me this much, and you have, what must I do? What must I become? What do you want me to be? And so the Lord asks us for everything. He wants all that we are, all that we have, whatever we may be. doesn't matter. He wants everything that we are. We may think that there isn't much, but that's what he's asking us for. And what do the shepherds do? The shepherds are there for a reason, too. There's a reason why he didn't go to Caesar in the Roman Senate. The shepherds are there because they raise sheep, particularly for sacrifice and slaughter in the temple. They must now go and see the Lamb of God, who will make all the temple sacrifices obsolete, the one who will be the suffering servant. They must go and see this Lamb, the Lamb who will take it to the cross. As I said, he wants everything from us as a result of what he has done. What do you want me to be? What do you want me to do, given what you've done, given your love? Well, maybe we can think of that last verse of that simple little hymn we we may remember. It's very innocent. Uh, Just almost the thought of it, a small child. Uh, What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. 
If I were a wise man, I would do my part. What I can, I give him. Give my heart. As we offer our petitions today, we might remember most of our city and most of our world. Uh, you and I are present for the incarnation. He is about. He is here. He is about to come down to earth again. He's been reborn in his church. Now he'll be reborn in the Eucharist for us. With the simple words, the understated words, this my body, this my blood. So we in a particular way should pray for all those who do not know him come in the flesh as we do. Uh, For the church throughout the world, that she will always be a visible sign of the incarnation and birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for the church suffering that in a special way embodies him. The church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For the church throughout, for all nations of the world, especially our own nation, all peoples will come to know Jesus Christ present among us, to know him in his incarnation and in his body and blood. For peace, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, that they too may know that they make present Jesus Christ. They are visible signs of his coming and of his presence. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, lost light, and lost truth, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, and particularly today for life in the womb, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women will be visible signs of the Incarnation. For a greater reverence for the presence of Christ in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our administrator, for our new bishop, whomever he may be, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, they will be true signs of Christ's presence, true signs of the Incarnation, particularly as they make him present in the Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially those who died recently in acts of violence in Germany and the Middle East, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed for all of us here that we too will be visible signs of the Eucharist that we receive, visible signs of Jesus Christ born in us. We pray to the Lord. And finally, that we in particular will have a greater reverence for the Eucharist. Uh, Our Lord comes to us in such a simple way that we may always carry that with us. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we say. 